When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast, our Tuesday edition. We call the game plan, and we welcome in the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Toby, is a bye week a week to get away from football or to immerse yourself in it more? Um, yeah, kind of get away for me. I do enjoy uh, the opportunity on a Saturday to kind of take in, you know, ESPN game day and the whole gauntlet of college football. We rarely get to do that, obviously, work in the game. Um, so that's nice when it works out like that. But as you know, Chris, uh, as a family man, that's pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, usually uh, usually the opportunity to be around your family on a Saturday, which we never uh, get very often, um, supersedes uh, the desire to watch college football. So uh, my weekend was spent with a little bit of football, but a whole lot of family, which was really nice. I'll say what made it a little bit easier if you wanted to get away on Saturday was the fact that we did have – two of the next opponent well the next two opponents for the Sooners playing each other on a Thursday night so you kind of had that that prep opportunity to get ready for uh, Iowa State and Matt Campbell's attack and then what Tom Herman in Texas is going to have in two weeks I I guess you can say we got and then of course you had the great game on Friday night so for the most part some of the best football Toby had had been played before even got to Saturday yeah I think you're right I mean we had uh, you know the Oklahoma State Texas Tech game was a nice one on Saturday but um, I'm trying to think. Other than that, there wasn't a lot of thrillers. Uh, Clemson made short work of Vodtech, and so yeah, the fun the fun was really pre-Saturday yeah. this week. The Washington State USC game was uh, a dandy, and and you mentioned that Texas Iowa State. I don't know that I would call that a thriller necessarily, true, but it was at least close, and it does involve uh, future opponents, so it was worth uh, checking in on. 
Learned quite a bit as as we tape this. Toby is just coming off the Monday morning pre- or the Monday morning, the Monday I guess we can say afternoon presser with Lincoln Riley after a week off from that. But I felt like we learned a little bit, and unfortunately, a guy that Teddy Lehman has been very high on, at least in his ability to get out after the passer, is done for the season. I had a bad feeling whenever I saw the body language and I saw how he had reacted. Uh, of course, I still have yet to see a time when a player comes off the field with an injury and is high fiving and pumping his fist. So maybe I need to maybe I need to adjust how I gauge those, Tiro. But uh, Buzzy Bolton, Curtis Bolton, lost for the season. It, it needs next man up. Maybe a guy like Mark Jackson gets a little bit more of an opportunity in that pass rusher's role. But uh, a tough break for the Sooners to lose one of their better pass rushers in Curtis Bolton. Yeah. Uh, personnel news, both good and bad, on Monday, and that, and that was the bad. Uh, Curtis Bolton wasn't on the field a ton, but when he was, he was effective, and he was a third-down specialist, mm-hmm. third and long, where you would go to that dime package, and he's a guy that is pretty crafty. They're going to miss that, for sure, and now they're suddenly a little bit thin, with their linebacker numbers, it'll be interesting to see if they shuffle some guys around. You see John Michael Terry more. You mentioned Mark Jackson. Perhaps that's uh, an answer. On the other hand, uh, you know, we did hear that some guys are coming back, and I think maybe the most encouraging news in that regard is Will Johnson because he's a guy that, you know, we feared because of some concussion issues in the past. Maybe we wouldn't see him again this year. And the way he was playing against Ohio State in the first quarter before he was hurt, you know, he's a difference maker back there. And if OU's going to get him back and hopefully he's healthy and good to go, Robert Barnes coming back, some depth on the offensive line with Cody Ford coming back. And then uh, don't forget about Amani Bledsoe. And we talked about him last week on the podcast. This will be his first action. I wouldn't expect him necessarily to be in midseason form after a year off. But he, he was a guy that showed some really nice promise as a freshman a year ago. And I think he's a guy who can help get pressure on, on opposing quarterbacks. I mean, I think he's a, you know, you love his frame, his size, and athleticism. And uh, Lincoln Radley said he's going to be in the rotation right away. So I'm eager to see whether or not he can help him up front. I will say uh, Bledsoe is one of those guys that honestly, whenever he signed – with Oklahoma, I try I, I try not to get too caught up in in the recruiting buzz because I still have yet to see any guy sign with the team and the coach thinks, well, he's not going to play a role. <laughs> but I, it was one of the few times when I had a lot of people from from Lawrence that had reached out and said, listen, this this kid is is a difference maker, and I think it says something, Toby, when you have a guy during his true freshman season, regardless of how you felt about the depth on the defensive line, as a true freshman was seeing some reps. So, hey, but before the season started. I mean, I'm not – who knows how much of a difference he's going to make. But I had kind of thought if the Sooners could get through the season 4-0, this is a guy that has the potential to be a big difference maker because, let's face it, it's a constant battle to have more pass rushers. And we know how good Oboe is. We've seen development from D.J. Ward. You add something new here in Week 5 and then in Week 6 going forward, I guess, though, technically it would be in Week 6 and Week 7. I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to say – and I don't think that anyone should take it, that he's going to be this massive game changer. But in time, I think adding this depth and adding him, Toby, I think it could be a a big-time help for a defensive line that's just looking for more playmakers. Yeah, the defensive line has been an interesting study this year 
because they have gradually grown in depth as the years gone along. Yep. That position I thought was maybe the thinnest on the team when the year started. And now Devontae Lampton is back after a couple of mm-hmm. games suspended. Um, Amani Bledsoe is added to the mix. Kenneth Mann is becoming a player for these yeah, he guys. Yeah, he is. He's a guy that I just kind of you know had on the board when the year started. Didn't expect him to be a major difference maker, but he's become – he's got the second highest number of sacks on the team. Uh, Hugh Overton, in the absence of Matt Romar, who's another guy that they might be getting back this week, Hugh Overton has seen a lot of playing time and played really well. And all of this is on top of kind of the mainstays of P.J. Ward and Obo Okoronkwo and so forth and so on. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody in there who's, who's seen a lot of playing time. But oh, uh, um, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. But, yeah, yeah that's a position where they, were, they weren't as thin as I feared they were when the year started, and, and now they're only getting deeper. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Q, too. Marquez Overton, I think, is a guy that – uh, we've really seen I, – I've, I've told this story a lot, but he broke all of the Jinx powerlifting, weightlifting records in their weight room. And I don't know if you realize this, there have been some pretty good guys that have gone through that program. And and from what I, he's told me, he's going to wrestle this year too. So when we're done with football, Q's going to go out and wrestle for uh, – for the OU wrestling team. So, yeah, it's, that's a lot of depth. Hey, what, was there anything that caught your eye outside of, of health? I thought it was kind of curious The there was still some fallout, and I don't know if someone's planning on writing a column about it, but the whole idea of playing with an edge uh, came up today and whether or not concern over some of the pregame talk. But I, I kind of dig how uh, Baker Mayfield has that. Here's one of those, I guess, bingo card moments. Has that chip on his shoulder, Toby, and how he plays with it. Now he has that personality. He's that, he's that classic guy that you love when he's on your team, but if he's the opposition, you probably couldn't stand him. And I honestly, I, I think this whole team feeds off that mindset and that mantra. Yeah, I mean, good, what are you going to do about it? Right. I mean, you're not, <laughs> you're not, there's no way Baker can change. I mean, that's, that's the way he's made, and that's what fuels him. And that's what his teammates rally around. And if you can certainly cut down, you know, you don't want to get penalty. Right. And and maybe you could maybe curb a little bit of the pregame. And I don't even know that he's the one that was recognizable in that pregame scrum. But there were a lot of people in the pregame scrum. Yeah. Um, If you could curb some of that stuff, that that would be great. I think it would be preferred. Yet at the same time, it's the spirit of Baker Mayfield is what makes Baker Mayfield. Right. And when they talk about him 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, um, that's what they're going to talk about. You know, the planting of the flag and... and The bravado. How he he was kind of a rebel leader. And the person... Yeah, the bravado, the personality that he played with, that some of the great quarterbacks, and there have been great Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks around here recently, who they didn't have that part of the game that Baker had. Um, so whether you like it or or don't, I mean, you're, you're stuck with it. I mean, that's that's what Baker Mayfield is. So it's almost, if you're Lincoln Riley, not worth going down that rabbit hole of how, how do we change this guy, you know? How do you... Well, you don't. I mean, that's – how do you teach Picasso to paint with the other hand? I mean, you just – you don't do it. So, um, it, 
it's going to be Baker, and hopefully, hopefully because he gets asked about it, and I'm sure it's been mentioned to him that you know you don't have another situation where in a close game he picks up a 15 yard penalty because he's talking a little noise. But I promise you, Baker Mayfield's going to continue to talk. I mean, he, he doesn't know how not to. So you're you know deal with it. How do you teach Picasso to paint with his other hand? I that's can we use that? He was probably he was probably ambidextrous. That <laughs> was a bad point, but you get no. you know what I mean. I loved it. I loved it, man. Uh, Toby, a couple more quick ones, and we'll let you go. And of course, which uh, which has typified our Tuesday podcast, we'll bring you the Lincoln Riley presser for those of you that. Uh, obviously follow the Sooners and just want an opportunity to listen to what Coach Riley had to say. Anything else that really kind of stood out to you before we kind of get to Iowa State and maybe one quick final look back at Baylor? Anything else that caught your ear from, from Coach Riley's presser today? No, not really. I think that the injury updates were the big thing and just kind of – it seems like we've been talking about this Baylor game forever, yeah. and that's what the bye week does to you. So I'm – I'm like I'm sure Lincoln is. I'm ready to move on. And that being said, we'll probably start this show Tuesday night talking about the Baylor game. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to let's let's see a new uniform and let's uh, let's get some more film out there and see if the secondary can make a better showing of themselves. The defense can make a better showing of themselves against Iowa State on Saturday. You know, last year it was fun to watch the development of Aditi Westbrook and how he progressed as the season went on and went from being a guy that, you know, really didn't make much of a difference in the first couple of games to being a Heisman Trophy finalist. This year, Toby, I've really dug watching the development of this backfield because it's almost a pick your poison with what Abdul has. Yeah, I, I was talking in our interview with Baker Mayfield about how this team just doesn't turn the ball over, knock on wood. But he was bringing up, hey, Abdul Adams fumble against Ohio State. He has two hands on the ball. You know, he's doing a great job protecting it, and someone just gets underneath him. My point is, even though that's like the one moment that some people can't forget, dude goes 99 yards last week, uh, sets the table incredibly well. Trey Sermon comes in for the knockout punch. You know, I, I, I don't know if we'll see a little bit more of Marcellius Sutton or if that will dictate matchups. I don't know. Uh, about a Rodney Anderson, but man, it's really been fun to watch those two guys develop a pretty solid one-two punch for the Sooners, man. I I can't wait to see them continue to get better. I think you're right, and I think it's also been fun to watch Lincoln Riley and Jay Bolwer let it develop. Uh, Amen. There was a lot of pressure, and I think a lot of times there is a lot of pressure going into a season to name a starter. Tell me who's going to play, and then you you force it in, and then a guy starts, and he's not the guy, or he has a disappointing start, and then you go to the next guy. Well, he's bad because he wasn't the starter. <laughs> and then the, the guy that did start, his ego is ruined now because the whole fan base is on him. And You know, they said from the get-go, we don't know who the starter is yet. We're going to go into the season and let it work itself out. We're going to play all these guys and, and let it organically happen. And it's not, it hadn't happened yet. I mean, it's still a work in progress. But you have seen those two guys so far kind of float to the top. And they've done it different ways. Abdul Adams has been explosive. The 99-yard run, he has been explosive in shorter runs, but his burst through the line of scrimmage is evident. He's, he's been very good catching the football out of the backfield. And Trey Sermon, late in games against Ohio State, Band against Baylor was the put-it-away guy. He yep. was the closer. And he seems to relish that role. 
I don't think we've quite figured out what Marcellius Sutton is yet. I like I like him. I've seen him. We've all seen him in spurts where he's had some explosive plays. He's got touchdowns, but we haven't really figured out. All right, what's his role here? Right. How, how does he fit in with what's going on? It's going to happen, but I think it's still a little bit of a work in progress. And I think Rodney Anderson is at the point right now where he's going to have to hurry. He's going to have to step it up, or he's going to be left behind in this race. But what they have collectively done is. Really nice. I mean, they put up some really nice stats, and they have given OU a formidable collective run game. Doesn't look like it did when Adrian Peterson was carrying the load, or even when Vajay P. Ryan and Joe Mixon had a two-headed monster, but it's working. They're, they're getting the job done in a bit of a unique way. So it's going to be fun to watch it going forward to see exactly what it's morphed into. Obviously, a lot of excitement about Iowa State. I still think it's one of the coolest stories that a former quarterback is their middle linebacker. You know, not just a linebacker, but a middle linebacker. And, you know, they they seem, you know, they seem to be formidable, but every year the, the Sooners have just had their numbers. So I'm excited to, to dig into them this week. But, Toby, as we wrap up, I'm equally as excited to talk to Alon Kruger this week to start thinking about basketball. I'm a football guy. I dig it. But, man, it's hard not to kind of get caught up with the fever and the excitement that's building around this basketball program. As we tape this on a Monday afternoon, uh, they've started practices. And, I mean, you're, you're getting ready to start slotting out the schedule as to when you're going to have to maybe leave right after a football game to cover a basketball game. I don't think there's any conflicts this year that will even cause you to miss a Lincoln Riley show. So there's a lot of excitement going into this season, and I think understandably so, Toby. I'm headed to uh, the Lloyd Noble Center right now. Uh, I want to catch a little bit of the first practice of the year today. Like you mentioned, uh, Monday, the first practice. By the way, folks, they're all open. So cool. I would highly encourage you to go by and watch it. It's a hoot. Maybe pick the kids up from school and take them by there before you head home. Uh, the way Lon Kruger and his players interact with the fans is, is pretty cool. They'll all come by and shake your hands and sign any autographs you want, and it's I mean, you're right there. There's one row of chairs around the uh, around the floor, and so you are right there. <laughs> and um, I can't wait, Chris. I, I think Trey Young's the real deal. I think the style they're going to play this year is going to be a tremendous amount of fun for Sooner fans to watch, for me to watch, you to watch. I think they're going to score 100 points a bunch of games this year. They've got some horses now. I mean, they got some athletes that can get up and go, shoot the ball, and the new pieces – like Trey, like Brady Manick, like Hannes Pola, that they are adding in this year are all bringing uh, some unique skills as well. So, and the schedule, the non-conference schedule is that PK80 tournament is going to be fantastic out in Oregon. So I can't wait. We're about a month. I was looking at the calendar. I think we're a month and six days wow. away from their exhibition opener, and then just a few days after that, the regular season opener. So uh, it's a fun time of year. I went and watched the uh, softball fall classic on Friday night. And speaking of teams that have incredibly high expectations, my goodness, and they look, uh, they look awesome. So obviously those are things to talk about down the road. For now it's football. Toby, I, I appreciate you waiting to walk into the Lloyd Noble Center to chat with us and look forward to talking to you, not just in person this weekend with the call, but also next Tuesday. And we should remind everybody that you've got the Lincoln Rally Show tonight. Out at Rudy's, it's ended up being a great crowd. The uh, uh, the the show with Ted, right? The huddle with Ted, right before. I mean, the, 
this is a fun night to go out and celebrate some Sooner football at Rudy's, isn't it? It's a lot of fun Tuesday nights at Rudy's. Come on out and enjoy it. It's fun, uh, folks. It'll be it'll be a great time. All right, buddy. Thanks, Toby. Talk to you soon, man. See you, Chris. All right, as promised, it's uh, that time where we head to the podium and we get caught up with the Lincoln-Riley presser from earlier today. Good to get back off the bye week. feel like we had a, a very, very productive bye week with our guys. Uh, we practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, got after it pretty good, especially on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, attacked a bunch of different areas that, as we went back and looked, not only at the the Baylor game, but really the first four games as a whole uh, found several different areas that we felt like we've got to do a better job coaching, do a better job playing, um, and, and really attack those areas all week. Um, I thought the guys had a great mentality throughout the week. Uh, did not feel like we were on cruise control by any stretch. It was very, very competitive. We got a lot of work done uh, and then was able to give our guys the, the weekend off. A lot of them went home be a lot of their last chances here to go home probably before Christmas. Uh, so a chance for them to get away a little bit and a chance for us as coaches to get out on the road recruiting, which we did you know, pretty, uh, pretty actively on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, back in here, back at home here, uh, uh, Iowa State uh, coming to town. Uh, you know, I think a very, very uh, improved football team. Uh, another, another head coach I think just does a tremendous job. You know, Matt Campbell there, I think, as always, you know, from the days at Toledo and, 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 you know, his short time there at Iowa State, I, I think a guy that, that gets the most out of his players. Um, I think they've really improved a lot. They're two and two, but they've had a couple of really close losses. Um, you know, both the Iowa and the Texas games, you know, were, were, were very close, very competitive games. Um, you know, they return a lot of guys defensively, especially in that secondary. Um, they really show up there. You know, I think they'll. I think they're one of the better secondaries in this conference. Um, some really good individual players, and they do some really nice things scheme-wise that, that give you trouble. Uh, you know, offensively, um, you know, they've got Jacob Park playing at quarterback. He's doing a nice job for him. Played some against us last year. It's a good football player, um, and the guy that really stands out offensively. The backs are good, but the, the receiver Lazard. You know, we, we know plenty about him. He's a great player. One of the best. One of the best receivers in this league, so they're, they're going to challenge us. It's going to be a competitive football game. We're excited to get back home. Excited coming off the bye week to uh, be back here in game week again, and and uh, and off we go. So we'll go questions. What's your injury situation? Uh, we're better. We're better than we've been. Uh, Will Johnson, we expect him back. Robert Barnes back. Uh, Cody Ford back. Um, we'll get Amani Bledsoe back off of his off of his suspension. So be excited to get him back. Uh, and then Matt Romar still a, still probably end up being a game time decision. We'll see how that plays out through the week, but not ready to say one way or the other. Uh, and then did want to announce that uh, Curtis Bolton uh, is going to have to have ankle surgery. He'll miss the season. Coach, when you were prepping for Iowa State last year, didn't have Samaje, didn't have Joe. What did you envision for Dimitri? Well, we didn't have a ton of prep time. You know, we, we knew about Samaje, then we didn't find out we were going to have Joe, not going to have Joe until uh, maybe the day before the game. You know, so there wasn't a lot of prep time. It just, we, we, we really just pieced it together, honestly. Um, and it was, a, I remember it was challenging just because taking Dimitri out of his normal role, you know, changes a lot of other parts to it. It wasn't just simply, all right, the tailbacks aren't there. We play them at tailback. You're talking about taking a key piece 
So, you know, we had to push it together. It was, it, had we not had the experience that we've had together as a staff, it would have been a nightmare. Um, but we, we pieced it together, and Dimitri, you know, I think Connor Knight, some other guys did a great job handling it. Does it open your eyes a little bit more to get him the ball? I mean, not that you didn't know he was versatile, but has that maybe allowed you to do some more things with him that he's been doing this season? Yeah, that's that's maybe fair to say. You know, we'd seen him carry the ball some in practice, you know, that you guys hadn't seen before that. So we we felt like that he was a, a capable ball carrier. But sure, to see a guy go step out on that stage with limited reps and, and go, I think, rush for 100 yards. He had several big catches. Um, to be able to do all that was you know, certainly impressive. What impressed you most about Iowa State's defensive effort against Texas? A lot. You know, it was, uh, it was a strong effort. You know, they had... Yeah, they gave up one early, and then it was it was pretty much shut down from there. I mean, they really did. They 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 made some adjustments in the run game. Um, you know, Texas ran it pretty well on them early, and they made a few adjustments that it looked like you know that they did a good job with. Um, you know, they didn't give them anything deep. You know, they really covered the long ball and, and made them drive it. And uh, and then they made some key plays. Had a you know a turnover or two. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they they played hard, physical like they always do, and you could tell they're doing some different things in the secondary. They've got I think some experience back there and some guys they know they can count on. So um, they've had some good players step up. You know they've got their quarterback from last year, Landing, is now starting at Mike linebacker, which you don't see that very often, but he's doing a heck of a job with it. So they're they're getting better. They're doing more and more scheme wise, and they're they're, they're troublesome. There's no doubt about it. Lincoln, uh, your first open date as a head coach, did you stick to the script? Uh, you know, your first couple of years here, did you implement any changes? How did that go? Um, we looked back the last few years. We, we were probably a little bit of a mixture. You know, we did a few things uh, the same. Uh, we did a few things within practice a little bit, uh, a little bit differently. Um, some, some different competitive periods. We got a lot of good on good work. Um, but then we followed kind of the same overall script of trying to get our work done, especially in the early to middle part of the week, and then trying to, I think, again, you got to get let these guys get away. I mean, we grind them here. We really do. And they, just those guys getting away, and some of them, you know, getting to see their family's face or whatever it is, that does a, that does a lot for these guys. So they, they'll come back here refreshed and ready to go uh, start today. Lincoln, you just kind of apply things that you've done as an offensive coordinator trying to make your, your offense better over the course of a season to an entire team now? I mean, sitting there 4-0, and third in the country. How do you make sure that guys are pressing towards getting better every day? Well, I think, I think it's twofold. Uh, you, you've got to lead them that direction as a staff. You've got to show them, yeah, that, yes, the areas where we're doing some good things that we've got to continue to build on, and you've got to show them the areas that we're not doing very good. And we, we've got plenty of those. We hadn't been very good on fourth down. Uh, on either side of the ball, uh, we've we've had too many fumbles offensively. We forced a few turnovers, but not enough defensively. Um, so we we've, we've got some key areas that we know we got to improve on. So um, yeah, you've got to put that in front of them, and then you've got to have guys that you have to have leadership and guys that are hungry enough that that don't care about the four games before that just care about us getting better and us playing at our very best. And we we've not put our very best out there yet. You said you wanted your players to get away. How did you get away, or did you just watch any games, or even? Yeah, we recruited. We recruited heavy on Thursday, Friday, so it was kind of it was my first chance to get out. I don't I don't go recruiting, you know, when we've got games. I, I you know, I'm going to stay around our team. They're always the, the number one priority. But 
So, so all of us were out Thursday, Friday. We had a few guys out Saturday. I came back home late Friday night and hung out with the family a little bit Saturday, watched some games, spent some time with my girls. After four games, what do you see a secondary play now? Our secondary play? Uh, you know, we've been – we've played pretty good we did, other than the Baylor game. We didn't play our best game in the Baylor game. Um, so we've, we've, we've got to play better. Um, I think getting some of these pieces back is going to help. You know, I think you've – you see a little bit of result of you lose a Will Johnson and Robert Barnes and, and even Jordan Parker earlier in the year. You've got less bodies. A lot of those guys are very active on special teams as well. That's, your guys are taking a lot of reps, getting a little bit. We were, I thought, maybe a little bit worn down there in the Baylor game. Um, so getting those guys back from a depth standpoint from special teams I think is going to help. And then, yeah, we've got to, kind of like we said after, we're, we're making enough big plays. We've got to... We've got to do our job. We've got to do it within the framework of the defense and not stray from that. How did those guys respond in practice last week after that that performance at Baylor? The oh, they responded good. They 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 see it. I mean, a lot of those guys have played a lot of ball. Um, they understand it, and so they uh, they responded to the challenge. It was very competitive with our really our whole team, but especially between our wideouts and DBs, very very competitive during the bye week. And I think we took some big steps. Have Abdul and Trey kind of stepped ahead of the pack, or are you still going with a four-headed monster and running back? Yeah, a little bit week to week there. Um, I think those guys are they've 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 performed the best in the game so far. There's no doubt about it. So they'll get they'll get first crack at it. Um, but you know those we st- we still continue to see bright spots from Marcellus. Um, same thing with Rodney Anderson. So you know I, that's far from being set in stone. And those guys are good players, and they, they're obviously skilled and make a lot of plays. But what is it, maybe as a from a defensive coach's perspective, to not know who's going to get the football? And then you throw Trey in there, the, uh, not Trey, uh, Dimitri in there, who thinks he can do. Um, uh, how do you, when, you, when you're trying to scheme against that, how, how impossible is that to, to stop? Well, you know, there's, there's twofold. You, you don't, it, it's nice to have that many weapons, but you don't want to get too specific where, they know when this guy goes in the game, you only do this or that. And so that's where we're trying to find balance there, you know, and that's where I think we continue to stress these guys offensively. The, the more it's, if you're great at a few things, that, that's fine and we'll use it some, but the more things you can do well, the more we're going to play you. Those specialty guys are tough. And so, they, again, you can get guys are able to zero in on you. And, and that's the last thing you ever want. You, we want to be the one teeing off on people. We don't want them teeing off on us. And uh, so um, I would say up to this point, you know, uh, Trey and Abdul have probably been the guys that have been the most versatile, and that's why they've played the most. Along those lines, how's Abdul grown as a uh, receiver and a pass blocker? A lot, a lot. He was always really willing as a pass blocker. I think mentally he's come a long ways as far as understanding our protections. He's better. He's better physically, so I think he's able to stand up, you know, to those blitzers a little bit better. As a receiver, he's come. It's it's really remarkable, honestly. His hands were a major question mark coming in. We liked everything else about him, and he has worked his tail off on it. I mean, he he spends as much time on the jugs and catching tennis balls and all the different things we do with our receivers. He spends as much or more time than any receiver we have on it. So that's it's not a it's not a secret why he's improved so quickly. Lincoln, people talk about you know how difficult it is to play middle linebacker. Could you is it possible to compare what Kenneth Murray is doing to maybe a true freshman coming in and playing quarterback? It's I think it's fair to compare it. Yeah. It's uh the difference I would say is, you know, 
there's a ton mentally on both, but how good physically you have to be to play middle linebacker at such a young age. I mean, you know, because you're having to do so many things. You're having to, you're having to cover. You're having to stuff the run. You're having to run sideline to sideline. I mean, so there's a lot physically that goes on you as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not the position when you draw it up that you want a true freshman starting at. But you know, the situation and the fact that Kenneth has gotten better and shown so much potential has uh, has called for it. Has the off week kind of helped him because he? These first three, four games, he was facing different types of offenses. Maybe stepped away, kind of ignored what you, what you've gone through. I guess maybe. Yeah, no, I think it was a good for him to kind of catch his breath and look back and and you know, continue to let those corrections from the game sink in and 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 also see all the things he's doing well and try to build on it. So I I think he just he's one of those guys he puts everything he's got into it and as long as he keeps that mentality. He's going to keep taking steps just like he did during the bye week. Does it help the defense scout an opponent when they play an Iowa State team that they familiar with from last year? Because the first four weeks were different teams, different coaching staffs. I would say it's fair to say. You know, it's you. You're, you're used to you know them schematically, although they you know they're doing a few things different. Um, like most people, um, you've got a little bit better feel for their personnel. Um, so yeah, I would say that I'd say that's been an advantage. What role will Amari Bledsoe play for you? We'll see. We're going to get him out there. Um, he, he's going to be in the rotation. I mean, no, no question about that. And after that, it'll be just based on his production. But if he, if he continues to do what we've seen on the practice field, I would expect he'll have a chance to be out there quite a bit for us. When you're identifying uh, characteristics in running backs to uh, be successful in your offense, what are you, what are you looking for again in your offense, or is it the same characteristics that everybody's looking for in every offense? Um, I, you know, I don't know what everybody else is looking for. We're, you know, we're looking for versatility. I mean, that's definitely, you know, part of it. Um, we're looking for something special when they have the ball in their hands. To me, they got to have some kind of great quality, whether it's, you know, great speed, elusiveness, power. Um, you know, if you can get all the above, it's all the better. Um, we look a lot for, for intelligence, you know, just how, how football smart are they? You know, we, we put a lot on these guys mentally, and uh, they've got to be able to handle it. So we, we try to get a feel for what kind of mind they have for the game. Um, uh, we look a lot at durability, and then we, look at their, then we look at their bodies. You know, do they have that NFL running back body or, or the frame to grow into that? So. Those are probably some of the key points for us. Baker set an NCAA record for passing efficiency last season. Statistically, he's actually much more efficient this season. Where have you seen the most improvement? Oh, probably the same boring answer. You know that he's, his his trust of of our guys has just been a lot higher than it was earlier in the year. You know, last year. So he's he's done a good job. Um, you know, he hadn't, hasn't forced things. You know, he's he's hung in there pretty well. I think he's really only had one ball. The, the ball there at the end of the half against Baylor that should have been picked off. That's really been the only one that's been even very close that I can remember through the first four games. So, um, yeah, he's, he's settled in. He's, he's playing well. He's, he's, he's in sync with our guys. So, um, and we've, we've, I tell you, we've, we've made a lot of plays around him. You know, we hadn't put balls on the ground. We're protecting well. Um, you know, so guys have made some competitive plays in the receiving game. So that's always a big part of it, too. Is there a particular stat you look at that says how well a quarterback's playing? Wins and losses, <laughs> pretty much. I mean that, and no, not really. I mean, there's 
it's probably a culmination of things. I mean, you definitely look at that completion percentage. You definitely look at you know times that we're putting the ball in jeopardy. Um, I, you know, I, those are two of the biggest ones to me. Um, but no, I think for me, it's I, I don't grade them. You know, after the game, I don't give the quarterbacks a grade. It's always been a little bit more of a feel thing for me. I mean, you can. You could tell by watching the film than by seeing just how we're moving as a whole offensively. That's going to tell you a lot about how your quarterback's playing. How do you, how do you uh, go between having a quarterback where he is efficient, you know, doesn't take unnecessary chances, you don't want to be too, too careful? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that with him too much. You know, that's, uh, that, that's a good thing. We've got a good balance there. Um, and, and it is. It, it, it's, it's, there's a fine line. It's, it's. I don't say tough coaching them, but that's one of the things that we spend a lot of time talking about of when we're going to take the chances, making sure that they're calculated, making sure that they make sense schematically, it's the right time in the game for it. And I think his understanding of when we want to take those has just has gotten stronger as the years have went on. The uh, NCAA um, passer efficiency rating formula really, really weighs heavily on yards per completion, yards mm-hmm. per attempt. And of course, Baker's really good at the deep, at the, uh, deep ball. How does that jive with when you got here, what your offense looked like? Because coming out of Texas Tech, out of the air yeah. rate, Mike Leach, it wasn't the deep ball. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think a lot of it's just been built off our, our run game here. Um, and, and being able to run the ball like we do um, has, has made a big difference. We've had to adjust some things in the throw game. You know, we've become a lot more play action oriented. Um, and we've had some, you know, he's been yeah, he's been a good deep ball thrower. We've had some some guys that can that can go get it here all three years, and I think we're going to continue to have those guys. So, but no, it's been it's been impressive that he's been able to complete. Not him, we've been able to complete, you know, the amount of the percentage of passes and also hitting a lot of the big plays. So that's yeah, I mean that's how you want it. It is definitely different, but we're 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 a lot different than we were in the Texas Tech or the East Carolina days for sure. His emotion, Lincoln, continues to be a, a big topic, not just how well he's playing, but just how he carries himself. And, and there, there are some who worry that he's, he's talked about a fine line, and I, and I know you've been over this with him before, but there are some who are worried that you don't want to step over. And I guess the penalty at Baylor would be the, an example of you gotta, you got to check that every now and then. Yeah, no, you do. You do. I mean, nobody's – regardless of what kind of player you are, nobody's valuable enough to – to, to have those, and uh, he's 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 got to know where it is. His his energy and mentality brings a lot to our team, but he he can't cross the line. Um, he knows that he's got to do better on that. How do you manage that? Because it seems like Baker's a guy that needs to be on that edge, you know. But you don't want him to go to that. How do you manage that? And it seems like it's something that's recurring with, with different situations, like after games, before games, whatever. How do you manage that? No, I don't think it's been recurring. I mean, I think, you know, I think he's had, I think that's the only penalty he's ever had here. No, he had one last year in the Tech game. I'm just yeah. talking about, you know, the flag. Yeah, but that's, 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 you know, that's the opinion of the outside on those. You know, I, I don't worry too much about those. If he's got something within the game that's going to hurt us as a team or he does something out, outside that, that doesn't represent the program well, then, then we'll address it. But, I mean, you know, guys – you know, barking back and forth before a game. I mean, that happens before every single game with every single player on the field. So I, I could care less about that. Now, he does something that hurts the team or doesn't uh, represent this program in the right way, then I'll address it with him just like I would any other player on this team. Lincoln, going back to Bledsoe, 
Did you do anything special to keep them mentally sharp throughout yeah. the last year? Yeah, we did. We did. We've, uh, you know, we've kept him, even though he's been on our scout team here for the first several weeks of the season, we kept him in the, uh, the defensive line meetings. We kept him over with those guys for individual. We tried to just, we tried to keep him engaged as much defensively as we possibly could so that there wouldn't be as much of a learning curve when he got back. And so based on what, you know, we've seen his coaches through the last week. I, I don't, I don't think he's behind at all. So I think it was successful, and he got a chance to, you know, work against our guys, our offensive line. So I think there was some. He was getting some good physical work during that time as well. Lincoln, you guys have won 17 straight conference games. What do you attribute that week-to-week success to? Just taking it one game at a time. Um, you know, we've. Yeah, we've had it. We've had a good stretch run there, um, but it's been with different teams too. You know, so each team's kind of found its niche and its groove, and uh, probably you know because most of your conference games, you know, have come after the bye weeks or in the middle to later part of the season. Um, probably just the fact that we've improved a lot as a team over the last few years, and I think that's served us well in this conference. So that's that's our that's our mission right now. We've got to be able to do the same thing. I think in the last three years, when you've lost, it's been a big game. Somebody either rivalry or somebody about as good as you were, or season opener in Houston, that kind of thing. You haven't really been snuck up on. What's what's the secret to that? Making sure you got your guys ready when when you're playing a team like Iowa State, historically dominated. Yeah, no, I think I think it goes back to having a championship mentality and and understanding that every single game is important. At the end of the year, they all count the same, and and we. You know, we know what it takes to win this conference, um, and I think that's I think that's been big. And I think also you you've got to understand at Oklahoma you're going to get everybody's best shot. I mean that's just part of it. And so, regardless of what you see on you know tape from from whatever team you're talking about, maybe it was a tough you know a loss that they had or they didn't play well. You understand that you're going to see a different team against us. I mean. You know, Baylor a couple weeks ago is a perfect deal. We could sit there and watch their tape against Liberty and say, well, they're not a very good football team. And we knew a combination of them getting guys back and proving as a team. And again, you get into Big 12 play, teams especially playing us, it's, it's going to be different. And uh, so you've got to understand that. You can't let them sneak, on, sneak up on you. And our guys have had a good mentality for that. Have you, uh, C.D. Lamb, the penalty he got the targeting on, have you start coaching it differently? You learn anything about the Big 12? And the reason I asked, the OSU game, you saw it against Texas Tech, there was a point where a receiver's going across the field, he's catching it. Linebacker's not looking, and the receiver, he kind of just got in the way and bumped it. And it's almost like he was thinking about that play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, is that something you guys are, are you aware of that? Do you coach it differently? Yeah, we have. We have coached a little bit different. Um, just, you know, trying to, trying to find that, that perfect point for our guys where you can still execute the block, um, but you know, not put yourself in position where it could be interpreted as targeting. And, so, and then I think, too, making sure that we clearly define for our guys the difference between a ball carrier or just a, a, a normal player in a game and then the defenseless player. You know, that, that, that description has been We've had to work to define that for our guys, but they've got to understand it. That's how it's being called right now, and and you know, at least for this season, that's not going to change. So we've we've spent some time with both sides of the ball, and I think we we've done a better job coaching it. I think our guys have a little bit better understanding. Who else on the offensive line has created out well besides Orlando? Uh, ben Powers, 
you know, has played well. Uh, Bobby Evans has really played well. I, I think he, I think he of that group is probably our most improved player up front. Um, he's, you know, last year he, he was kind of the new guy, you know, up there, the young guy that stepped up and won that right tackle job. And he kind of had to do it. He, he played against, it seemed like everybody's best player. You know, he played against the Lawson kid at Auburn. He played against uh, the Willis kid at K-State. Um, so he played, it seems like every week, the top D lineman was on him. And he hung in there well, where I feel like he's not hanging in there anymore. He's starting to become a dominant type player himself. So been really proud of the progress he's made. Like in uh, Iowa State's Joe Lanning um, made 20 tackles against Texas yeah. last week. How hard is it to go from quarterback to the, being able to do that? Remarkable. Absolutely. Especially just physically. Mentally, you're learning the defense, but I mean, he's, and I don't, you know, defense is just as hard as offense, but he obviously has a good mind for it if he was able to be the starting quarterback there. So he, he gets the game, and you could see just watching the, the, the games chronologically, you can see that he's getting more comfortable as a player in there each week. He's gotten better and better. So, but to, yeah, to do what he's doing physically right now and knowing how to take on blocks and get off blocks and make plays, it's, that's remarkable. It really is. Lincoln, as a head coach, what's it like to jumpstart Eric Stryker, Tyler Darlington's careers in college coaching by having them on your support staff? It's, it's, it's great. You know, those, I mean, those guys were Two of the guys, you know, specifically, I know for me personally, when I got here, that really bought in and, um, you know, helped me a lot, you know, early in my career here. Um, again, kind of their buy-in, their willingness to accept, you know, how how we were doing things offensively. Even Eric on the defensive side was always one of the players that I was closest with. Um, and I think they were a big part of that team kind of starting this, this last kind of great run of football that we've had here. So, yeah, to be able to help them. It's great, and I'm not just doing it. It's not just a goodwill thing. I mean, they they do a really, really good job. You know, they're both really smart. They've got the unique skill sets, both of them, and have, they've made a difference in our office. You mentioned, you know, losing Curtis Bolton. I'm just curious, uh, just pass rush-wise, is that an area that you guys are really going to have to look at some other guys in terms of, you know, whether it's Mark Jackson or Addison Gums or somebody like that, just to try and help you out there in that? Yeah, no, we're, you know, that that'll – Losing Curtis hurts us with some depth. Um, we're going to have to have some guys, uh, you know, certainly step up with that. Mark is one of those. Addison is one of those. You know, John Michael Terry. Um, we've got a, we've got a few guys that are going to have to step up and give us some depth. Um, yeah, we're always looking for guys to be able to rush the passer. I don't know that that this has a big effect on that, but trying to to get those guys in the game to get more comfortable and, and so that we can get more pressure consistently from more guys than just oboe. I mean, absolutely, that's a big part of it. Good news on the injury front. I think as a, as a Sooner fan that's watched every single game, you saw the importance of Will Johnson to that defense and then obviously the, uh, the ding that the depth took with the injury to Robert Barnes and then seeing Jordan Thomas go out. To hear that they are all on – track to be back for Iowa State and then uh, hopefully full on with Amani Bledsoe by the time we get to Texas. This is this is good. And this is what Mike Stoops talked about early in the week was the importance of getting some guys healthy, especially in that back end, because is there is there good depth? Sure. But you've you've lost to Jordan Parker for the season with an ACL. The two guys behind Motley and Jordan Thomas are true freshmen in Norwood uh, and Trey Brown. So it's it's going to be fun to watch this team get back full depth chart, ready to roll against Iowa State, 11 a.m. kick. You know, we failed to talk to Toby 
about one of the biggest stories that broke today because for the first time since I think we've been on the call, OU in Texas will be a 2.30 kick. So no 11 a.m. kick two weeks from Saturday, or a week from Saturday. Uh, OU Iowa State is, is at 11 a.m., but the following week, OU in Texas, a 2.30 kick. Can't wait to get down to Dallas. But there's business to take care of first. OU Iowa State will go in-depth with a tailgate that drops on Friday. As always, thank you so much for downloading at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Take some time to, to leave a review and rate us. That matters so much. Uh, as far as the iTunes charts are concerned as we continue to try to climb up those. And, 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 don't forget, the Go For Two package is currently available. Don't just talk about the games. Don't just watch the games on TV. Go be a part of it. Soonersports.com slash tickets. You can see the West Virginia and the Texas Tech game. These extra tickets are available at an incredible price. Thanks to the a massive amount of tickets that were returned. And, of course, this year there's extra tickets. Uh, there's not as many al- uh, tickets allocated for the guests. So with those tickets that are coming back, we've got an opportunity to take care of you. Soonersports.com slash tickets. Everyone have a great weekend. And until Friday's tailgate, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.